uh, last week, you know, we talked about looking back and about how sometimes it can be hard for a guy to look back. You know, at our table, it was interesting. You know, we had some folks, we had some some analytical folks who um, they had like a salient moment or moments that they could look back on, and it had like an impact. And then you had people who were um, more like goldfish, like I am, and you know, there were some folks at our table who were like, wow, we really don't take advantage of that introspection and look back. Some action items we could take from, from that. A couple things that I heard uh, from last week that, that kind of stuck out to me, and one of them that I really liked was, you know, when you're facing a challenge and you throw out that prayer, and that prayer is for the challenge to go away, like make that challenge smaller. And sometimes that prayer needs to be, you know, for God's strength, like make me stronger. And I was, you know, I don't know, that hit home to me. Like, sometimes we need to rise up and come to God to get that strength to rise up and face that challenge. All right, well, today we're going to get into uh, a discussion about fatherhood. You know, I don't think that, uh, at least in my life, we have five kids, that there's not something that I uh, focus on more, worry about if I'm doing it right, uh, reflect on. It just seems like I make a mistake in that space uh, every day. So I'm real excited to uh, hear what Ken has to share. Uh, before we get started, open us up with a, a quick prayer. All right, dear Lord, thank you for bringing these awesome men together. For we are here just to do our best, to continue to try and get better. That iron sharpening iron. Please give us uh, just clarity of heart and purpose as we just open up our minds and uh, take in your wisdom. These things we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Great job. Way to open. Be the man. And thank you for, for, for not praying this week that God would try to, to use Ken's words and make something out of it. That was awesome. Um, if you get close tonight, uh, you're going to see on my face, these are not mascara marks. Uh, my wife, and this is not a joke, for, for Valentine's Day... She uh, made an appointment for me to go to the dermatologist. That was her Valentine's gift. She didn't like something that was on my nose. And I'm like, you know, I just rubbed it with a towel wrong. She goes, nope, that's bad. It's bad. It's real bad. And I'm like, it's just a scuff. You know, I'm putting some polysporin on it. It's going to be fine. She's like, nope, I made an appointment. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's cancer. And uh, I'm like, wow, I really don't think it is. But okay, so I go. And uh, sure enough, it cleared up mostly. And the guy goes, yeah, your nose is fine. And I'm like, thanks. And he goes, but... Man, you got, have, have you noticed these spots? And I'm like, well, yeah, they're just little moles or skin flaps or whatever. And he goes, yeah, those, those aren't. And I'm like, okay. And he says, uh, that's, that's more viral. And he had this big, long name for it. And he says, but uh, we, we need to, probably need to get those taken off, like, now. And uh, he says, is, is that something you can, you got time for today? And I'm like, well, how long will it take? He says, it'll only take about five, ten minutes. I'm like, okay. And, uh, and he says, it's not anything cancerous, but... It's, it's literally a viral to where if you don't deal with it, it's just going to pop up more and more. And uh, it's not going to go away, and it's going to pop up more and more. So we have this little blue blowtorch-looking thing. And I don't know if you've had this cryogenic experience or not, but it, it's, it's not hot. It's cold. And, and his comment when he got to the first one was, this is going to be a little cold at first, then a little sting. Well, let me just tell you, it, was, it, it reminded me of, of my interaction with girls in high school. It was just like, oh, it's really kind of cool for a minute, and then pain. Okay, that was, 
that was the experience, and he did the first one, and, and it did sting, and it felt like a wasp was on my head, just grinding, and he left it there for about 20, 30 seconds, and then after he finished the first one, started on the second one, I mean, I'm just, I'm gutting it out, and, and he says, yeah, it looks like you got about nine of them, and I'm like, oh, God, so all these little brown burn scab spots are from that, but, but I just got to thinking, why did I endure that? Because it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. And I've noticed over the year where it was one or two, it's now nine apparently. And he's like, yeah, that's going to that's gonna even spread even more if you don't deal with it. And that short-term pain and even the pain now, it's like, okay, I want to deal with that. And as I, as I started looking at this week and uh, really what we're going through, I, I believe that's really the case. It's one that we can, we talked about last week, are we blaming or are we ignoring our past? And one of the guys on Monday morning had a great word. He says, you know what? I'm not really blaming or ignoring. I'm avoiding the past because of the pain involved. But the reality is if we don't deal with that, then we're destined to just get worse and worse in that area. So to start off tonight, I want to take a quick look at what we were going to read. Now, if you didn't get to read all of them, I still want you to have a little bit of input here. If you did get to read the couple of them, just tell what stuck out in your mind. If you did not get to read, there's one line in it that I really, uh, the one that tears the uh, unremarkable one on page 32 and 33 that really hit me. He said his father died. You can, you can go back and read it if you haven't, but if you did read it, he talked about his father um, literally being killed in a car accident when he was 10. And he said he just, he didn't really feel anything. He cried, but he couldn't figure out why he was crying. He says, because my dad was, he wasn't terrible, he wasn't great. He was just really unremarkable and un, unattached. And, and I love what he said. He says, you know what? He left me to guess about a lot of things. And I don't know what your dad's situation was like, but we're going to unpack that a little bit. But here's the deal. I want you to do this. I want you to talk about what stuck out from either of those stories. We're only going to take about five minutes. And if you get, didn't get a chance to read it, I want you to share, hey, you know what? Here's something I felt like I had to guess about as I was growing up because it was never covered. Does that make sense? So you got about five minutes, and if you don't know everybody today, we'll do a quick intro, and we'll jump back in five minutes. All righty. You can have some more time to work on that in just a minute. We're going to have some great discussion questions at the end of tonight. Uh, we're going to start out with dads tonight. If you've got your book, uh, page 36, we're going to fill in some blanks here. And I've just got to be uh, candid uh, like I was last week and just say that I was, I was so looking forward to this particular series. And I can already tell just from this week of reading a couple of stories, reviewing the notes, going back over it, realizing, wow, there's some there's some parts of my life that are... Or have been patterns that I've I've just now started to realize that's where that came from. This is why I am the way I am. This good, bad, or otherwise. And I think that tonight we're going to have another foundation of that. Um, the first part we want to look at is the importance of a father, and that is present or absent, good or bad. The father-son relationship is significant in shaping all of us. It's, it's a major, major part of, of who we are. None of us were raised by a perfect father. 
we're, we're, we're not perfect people, so we can't be perfect fathers, and it's the first time we've done it, and we've all left wounds to one degree or another, and as a dad, I know that that just, I, I've told my sons, I'm like, listen, I'm not perfect, this is my first time being a dad, and uh, I don't meaningfully do anything harmful, so if, if I hurt your heart in some way, tell me, and, uh, if, if it's, and let's talk through it and go through it because I want to be open about that. I love this proverb, 17.6. Ground children are the crown of an old man and the glory of his sons is their father. And that they just look up in that fourth one. Every father gets undeserved admiration from his son the minute he comes out. You can do no wrong. I don't know, that, that doesn't last too long, but I'll never forget. One day I walked, I got home from work, and I walked out in the driveway, and my, my son, who was three at the time, he's in the middle of the driveway just jumping, and just jumping and trying to reach like he's trying to reach something. And I'm just sitting there watching him. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, I'm touching the moon. And he's jumping. It was this full moon. And after about the third time, he's like, Daddy, I can't get it. You get it. And I was like, okay then. And then I think back to a good buddy of mine, uh, Jerry Harris. Is He's my height, maybe a little bit better built. And uh, his son and my son, my oldest son, was, were the same age. They're about five, six years old at the time, and it was Father's Day. And I'll never forget this. Do you guys, I, you, you may not follow the NBA, but there's a center, Dikembe Mutombo. And he actually played for the Hawks, seven foot one or two. The guy was ginormous. He was pastor, a friend of our pastor's. And he was at church that Sunday, and I'm watching as, as the pastor introduces his grandson, five-year-old grandson, to Dikembe Mutombo. I mean, his hand just enveloped his hand. And, and Dikembe walked away, and the grandfather says to his grandson, he says, wow. He says, he's really big, isn't he? And the grandson said, yeah, he's almost as big as my dad. And I was like, Wow, what a perspective. We get that naturally. God plants that into our kids and into us. And at some point we realize dads may not be perfect. I want to ask this. I want everybody to take your thumb for a second. Thumb for a second in this last one. Today in the United States, what percentage of children grow up apart from their biological father? Do you think it's more than 40% or less than 40%? It's actually 33%. 33% grow up apart from their biological father. And modern research demonstrates this, the importance of fathers and that, that strong father figure. You can look at these statistics there. Statistically, children growing up in a father-absent homes are more likely to die of infancy, live in poverty, end up in prison, use drugs, be abused, be overweight, and drop out of school. And those are just stats. Those are just, just raw statistic and data. Inversely, children with an involved father are more likely to have better grades, better verbal skills, more confidence, and better physical health. It's just raw data. And can I tell you, I got to see this firsthand with my youngest son. For those of you who don't know background, um, very briefly, uh, we got into the foster care system about three years ago. Two and a half years ago, this young man came to, move, to live with us, and he's now my youngest son. And I can tell you, those first six months blew my mind, because all we did was just be there. And he'd get home from school, how's it going? Do you need help with anything? Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing great. And he'd show us that he'd done his work, and that was it. He was in elementary school at the time. 
And the teacher said, he's doing fantastic. And in that one six-month period, he had never finished the same elementary school that he started. That's how much his mom moved him around and she was a drug addict following drug addicts and all that. Just that stability in a, in a parent. And specifically, I knew that my attention just meant the world to him. He went from getting by to a straight-A student, took the Iowa skills testing and finished in the top 5% of the Iowa skills testing. And they were like, he, he's just a different kid. That's the effect, and I, it wasn't me teaching him, I can guarantee you that. It was just the presence of somebody who is masculine and that cares about him. So that's true. Recent research indicates that the fathers uniquely add value to their children. It's unique to what we have to offer. So then we move on to the reality that we are fallible and that we are human. And that our dads were not perfect. And this isn't a, a, a time to just kind of bash on who we are or bash on dad, but just to really to notice, identify, and start dealing with who made us who we are, why are some of those patterns there, and what do we do with it. The definitions and uh, remembering dad. The wound is any unresolved issue where a lack of closure adversely impacts and shapes the direction and dynamics of a man's life right now. Why do I do the things I do? How am I the way I am? Why do I struggle with this? It was a few years ago I started to unpack this. Um, I had some really unhealthy perfectionist tendencies. It came from my dad. My dad was an aeronautical engineer. He was, he was a perfectionist. I would mow our yard, which is three quarters of an acre, and I'd be so proud. I started mowing it when I was 10 years old. You know, I'd mow the yard, get it done. And, and I didn't realize until I started looking back at it that I'd be like, Dad, I did it. And look at that. And he would walk out, and I can never one time remember him going, man, it looks great. He would walk out and go, wow, it looks like you missed a spot over there. These lines aren't very straight. You might want to do it this way. He always had some correction. And I just realized, man, so much of my perfectionism comes from that on an unhealthy level. And I had to start giving that and saying, okay, God, what's the proper level here? Because I want to be diligent and all that. But I, I realize that comes there. So number two, a father's wound is an ongoing emotional, social, or spiritual deficit that caused by a lack of a healthy relationship with dad. And now must be overcome by other means. Now, I honored my dad. Uh, my dad was there. He provided. And, uh, and, and it, there's those pieces going. But you know what? I know that there was an emotional piece that wasn't there. Uh, it was always distant. We, we're going to talk about some words that we would use to describe our relationship with our father during the discussion time. One of the ones I would say is distant. My dad was just kind of disengaged when he got home he was tired and he would just go veg and uh there was there was this disconnect but the next one is it was the the wound it was caused when there was a lack of a heart connection or companionship or substantive direction from a dad the do's and don'ts is there an area of your life and i just i just talked about it uh talking about it at the tables where i felt like i don't know what to do here Maybe it was finances, maybe it was dealing with women, maybe it was dealing uh, with friends. Did, did, I, did I lack somewhere because that wasn't 
in, uh, invested in me from my dad. And then so here's, and the, now we're going to really get into three common responses to this father wound. Number one is anger or pain, and or pain. The Bible shows the connection between a man's anger and his dad. You can look at any relationship in Scripture, and you're going to see kind of that, that bursting up there. Secondly, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Ephesians 4, 6, 4. But this next one, Colossians 3.20, I actually had some disagreements with God on this. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children or they may lose heart. And I remember one day when my boys were small and my daughter was little, and I thought, provoke them. They're provoking me. You know, talk to them about this. Tell them to just listen for once and not ask questions about everything and why and why. And So I, I just had a good time with the Lord on that. Here's the deal, though. Without a dad, there is a vacuum in a son's life. And part of what fills that vacuum is rage. There's anger. And I, I remember having that as a 10 and 11-year-old playing sports. I mean, I would just set off like a firecracker if something just didn't go my way in a game or whatnot. And I look back and how unhealthy that was and how God had to really heal that in me. The second way that we can kind of respond to it is bottling up that feelings. In other words, to pretend like they don't affect us. And like I said, one of the guys last week said, just said, kind of avoid it. And here's the reality that we can never completely bottle it up. It'll express itself somehow. Somehow that's going to come out. And I don't know who John Sowers is. He's an author. But he says, fatherlessness creates an appetite in the soul that demands fulfillment. It demands that we do something. On the next page, you'll see that, and we've seen these, we mentioned them last week as well. There's an unhealthy hunger, and it kind of finds its way into the surface through addiction or obsession, drugs, porn, excessive alcohol, performance, perfectionism, like I just mentioned. Um, there's, the third way it's kind of dealt with is an inner sense of lostness or incompleteness. And if we identify this as something that we have, then we just basically take that next simple step to say, okay, God, how do you want to fill that in me? And, and what, do you, what do you want to do in my life in this? Incompleteness can be relational. We've never felt accepted or validated by our dads, what I described earlier. Incompleteness can be informational. Dad didn't teach us to shave or balance a checkbook or how to pursue women. And, and I, I got to tell you, that was one where I really prayed through going, God, I, I didn't have any of this. I mean, I remember asking my dad, you know, dad, um, you know, aren't we supposed to have a talk at some point about, you know, girls? And I was like 14, 15 at the time. And he says, well, what do you want to know? And I'm like, what do I need to know? And he says, do you know what venereal disease is? And I was like, um, I think so. He says, you don't want it. And I was like. All right, good talk. Uh, moving on, I guess. And it was that informational piece to the point where I literally, I read books and I talked to some friends who had older sons and I'm like, guys, help me out here. What's the proper way to do this with it? when I have my sons at that age? And they started hearing some of their friends start talking about sex and stuff. I'm like, all right. They said, when you hear that, have an initial talk. Don't go into too many details. 
just kind of share the basic differences and go. So we had a trip, just me and my boys went up, going up to see a football game. And, and, the, and I said, guys, I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, have you guys heard anything about sex at school? And it's just the guys. I said, just here. What's said in the car stays in the car. And they're like, yeah, um, I mean, a little bit, but not much. I said, well, what do you know about sex? And I'll never forget my oldest son's answer. He said, well, um, not a lot. I mean, I, my friend Zach knows something. I guess I could ask him. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not the point of this. And so I gave him some basics in it. And I'll never forget my, my younger son just synthesizing this material. You know, this uh, boy, boys are different. Girls, they have a, there's an egg and a seed. And, and I didn't even get into great detail. And, and he's just like, okay, all right. And I said, that's how babies are formed. And, and, and Cody says, Dad, so you understand, it was he and his brother and my, my daughter at the time. He said, so you and Mom have had sex three times. I'm like, well, yeah, basically, yes, at least. Later that day, he asked, and this is my favorite question, and he says, so dad, when you get married, do you have to have sex right away, or can you wait a while? I said, dude, you can wait as long as you want. (laughs) You're going to figure that one out. He's like, okay, but what came out of those talks, what came out of that effort was this informational, relational healing for me, being able to do that with them, and I told him, I said, guys, you ever have questions about anything? You ask me because I've been through this and I've made plenty of mistakes and I'll I'll be able to help you out. And I said, here's the deal. Why don't we just do this? I love taking you guys to breakfast at Waffle House. If you ever want to talk, just, or you don't even have to talk. You just want to go to breakfast at Waffle House. Let's go to Waffle House. Can I tell you multiple times as they hit those teenage years, going even through high school, like, Dad, can we go have breakfast this week? And I'm like, absolutely. And they'd ask me nothing, they'd ask me everything, and it was just, this, this so was a piece that I wanted God to heal in me, and, and he makes that difference. So overcoming the effects of the father wound. Number one, the absence of a great father is not unsurmountable. There is hope, and God wants to be our ultimate father. That's the way he says to relate to him. With Christ's help, we can overcome any obstacle. Any obstacle. Relationships are a two-way street. And I remember having that part of the girl part that I, I got no guidance in. And God healed that in me. And he became that teacher over time. I was in my late 20s and my mom was getting desperate for me to meet somebody. She's like, well, are you seeing anybody? And I'm like, I see people everywhere I go. you know. And, and, and I'm not making this up. One time she came back from a family reunion in South Carolina. And she goes, you should have been there. I said, oh, was, was there a lot of family there? And she goes, yeah, a lot that you didn't know. And she goes, there were some cute girls there too. And I was like, mom, I'm already related to those girls. And I'm not making this up. She goes, well, you got to start somewhere. And I was like, <laughs> not there. Okay, not there. But but God healed that part, and he taught me relationally to the point where I literally chronicled and documented, ended up writing a book. And I'm probably the first illiterate to ever write a book. And I wrote it on relationships, and it ended up selling over 50,000 copies, and it was one of the top books for singles in the country uh, when it first came out. And I'm like, God, that's just your healing of that wound in me. So um, this is one of my favorite sections, and that is that what does every son need from a dad? So if you've got kids or you're going to have kids or you look back on, on having kids or grandkids, every son needs 
Number one, time together. Man, some of my favorite pieces. I tried so hard as a dad when my kids would, my boys, my daughter would ask anything. I want to say yes. Dad, can we go play basketball? And we actually put a court in our backyard and we would go out and I'm tired from a trip. They're like, Dad, can we play? And I'm like, let's go play. And then just have that time together. Hey, I've got to run some errands. Run them with me. Come and go with me. I need your help opening my mailbox. I need your help stamping the checks. I need your help at the ATM. One of my favorites ever. <laughs> I got some checks. We stamped them and we go to the ATM and I said, hey, you know how to do it now. Cody's about eight years old. I said, do you do the card? And he puts the card in. I said, you know the code? And he punches the code in. I said, okay. Hit the one that says withdraw. It's the one with the W. So he hits it. I said, okay, here's the check. Put them face up. And he puts them in. And it starts to calculate and all that. And he's like, I said, what's wrong? He says, where's the money? And I said, no, this is a deposit. We're just putting checks in. And he says, mom always gets money. And I was like, yes, that is the way it works. Dad puts it in and mom takes it out. That is the way it works. But just that time together, we learned so many pieces. Number two, a, a son needs from his dad life skills. Life skills. And I can go into great detail on this later, but I, I really prayed through four words and I told my sons, I said, you get these four words, you'll succeed at anything you do. And I, and I narrowed them down and it's just, it's a great talk in and of itself. I'll share that another time, but... And you'll hear me say this phrase over and over. More will be caught than will ever be taught. And just that time and just teaching. When I'm, when I'm making a deposit, tell them what it is. Tell them what it's going to. Just kind of talk through it. Number three, direction with any solid answer to why questions of life. Why do we work? Why do we get married? Why do you do that, Dad? They, they, they've got questions, and I would encourage you to foster that time, what I call the Waffle House time, with those younger and say, hey, I, ask me anything. And, and that's generational. Uh, I'm loving, absolutely loving, being able to meet with guys who are newly married or newly dads and just say, hey, ask me anything, because I probably screwed up more ways than you can imagine. And let me take that heat and, and do that. But sons need that. Uh, number four, a deep life conviction. You will leave in your son what you have lived out in your home. And I got to tell you, it was last year at the beginning of school. Not this school year, but the year before. The school where my, my wife teaches uh, the headmaster had asked me to come and I, I speak corporately and, and do motivational, inspirational stuff. And he says, hey, will you come address our staff? 300 teachers and administrators and, and people. I said, absolutely. And what he didn't tell me as we're sitting in this theater and they, they've done the announcement times, he says, you know what? I was going to introduce Ken, but I don't think I'd do it justice. So I've, I've asked somebody else to come introduce him. One of my top five experiences in life at that moment. My oldest son walked out from behind the curtain. He had come back from college just to introduce me. And he stood up. And I, I mean, I, I get choked up every time I think about it. He says, ladies and gentlemen, he says, I went to school here. I know several of you. And I'm thankful for you. And I wanted to come back today because today I get to introduce one of the greatest men I've ever met. 
He says, you're about, to, you're about to be encouraged at a level that I can't even put into words. He says, this man, he says, I know what it means to work hard because I've seen my dad work. I know how to love a woman because I've seen my dad love my mom. I know what it means too. And he just had this list of 10 different, 12 different things. I'm sitting on the front row just weeping. And I get up and I'm like, you want me to speak after that? And I said, let's just go home. That's all you need to hear. And there's just something about that going, you know what? A, a child needs to have that lived in front of them and that experience. So if, if you're not a great conversationalist with your kids or your dad wasn't with you, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want that with him to just have those. And then finally, a son needs to see, get from his dad a dad's heart. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I'm affirming you. And here's what I've discovered personally. Is that. If those were not commonly shared with us. God can not only heal that. But we have to make a decision. Am I going to be bitter? Or am I going to be better? And that's where God comes in. He says you know what. I, I, I can't remember my dad saying I love you ever. He showed it through his actions, and that's great. But a son needs to hear that. I heard my dad say, I'm proud of you one time. It was on my graduation day from college. And I'll never forget that moment. Because in our hearts, we need that. And then the affirmation, I, I never really got that. I've got correction a lot. But I've, I've taken that and said, God, I don't want to repeat this cycle. So God, will you heal that in me? And will you help me? become that for my sons. And that's why I just got such a, a, a heart and a desire to really be an edifier. So here's the deal. On the next page, the discussion and reflection questions. One of the greatest parts about this is, is this time. And I love this time. To be able to talk through these questions and say, hey, how did you feel about your relationship with dad? What are three words or phrases? So take about, we're going to take about 20 minutes and talk about those two questions. And I want to encourage you, on the right side, I want you to be taking some kind of notes over there. Something pops out to you, write it down. And then if you get done within the 20 minutes, I want you to just ask one final question. Talk about what are your top five to ten movies of all times? If you get to that point where you've talked about the other two questions in their fullness, take that. So we're going to take about 20, 25 minutes, talk about those two questions, make those notes, and then we'll wrap it up. And uh, man, there's some good stuff to wrap up here. So go ahead with those two questions. You guys, I would love to get a little bit of feedback as we wrap up. I want to hear um, some of the words. And that first question where it says, what are three words or phrases that sum up a relationship? What were some of the common words that would pop up or some of the words that you heard that describe a relationship with a dad, good or bad? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, mo I think most of us, when I first saw that, I'm like, you know, what are some words that describe your relationship with him? I, I just drew a blank. And it was like, okay, one person, caring but distant, and I was just trying to put words. What were some of the words you guys came up with? Not everybody at once. Just <laughs> Gaps. That's it. Yeah, gaps and some areas. I, 
if, if you felt that way, like there were some areas of your life that were just gapped and you didn't really get what you, you felt like maybe you needed or whatever, throw your hand up real quick. All right. Some. All right. Most. Very cool. Okay. Um, and then the second part, the father wounds expressing itself in these three different ways. What was the most common way that your table or, or the guys at your table came up with? Was it anger and pain, bottling up the feelings, or a sense of relational or informational incompleteness? What, what was the consensus that which one of those three was the the most expressive of that the incompleteness okay let me do this if it uh if if which one of these affected you most if it was anger and pain raise your hand real quick a few all right how about bottling up your feelings how many of that all right and then how about the uh, sense of relational or informational incompleteness okay good very cool so we've got those so we got that going for us. That's exciting. Um, you know, I, I would encourage you find somebody. Maybe it's somebody at your table. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a friend or whatever. But talk through that a little bit. I I've, I've practiced this with a friend of mine, and uh, we had breakfast this last week, and it was very uh, medicinal to my soul. Of just saying, you know what? I realized about myself because of this and walking through this that I have a tendency to discount uh, the gifts God's given me. And I, I, I never feel like I'm good enough for anything. And I realize that came from that wound and that it's okay to accept uh, a compliment. It's okay to realize God did gift me in some things and, and I need to use that. And, and it's really been healing for me to do, just be able to talk through that. So I would encourage you to do that. Uh, I want everybody to do this. One, I uh, want to flip over a couple pages to page 49. So page 49 starts one of them and page 52. The one, uh, Brian Carter is one of the authors of the material. I would really encourage you this week, read that page 52 and 53. It takes about three minutes to do it. That's a really great one. And then there's a really cool historical story that starts on page 49. But as we wrap up, I wanted to wrap up with the uh, page 44 and 45, the, the father-son movies. The movies where that father-son dynamic comes out. And I'm just curious. Look at the list of these. Life is beautiful. Feel the dreams. The Godfather. Finding Nemo. Uh, Star Wars Episode Six. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The Pursuit of Happiness and The Champ. Uh, you may not have seen all of those, but which one of those uh, have you seen that you just think, man, yeah, that that was a good one. Which title? Which one? Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. If you haven't seen the, the Pursuit of Happiness, the guy's just really making it. He ends up making it big, and there's even a cameo at the end where he walks in the background, the guy the movie's about. True story. Great, great movie. Um which other one sticks out to you? Which one? Of, which one is your favorite off the list? Yes, sir. Field of Dreams. When he's like, really? Oh, absolutely. When he's like, hey, Dad, do you want to have a catch? You know, Dad, that was powerful, indeed. What other movie? Which one of these? Yeah. That was mine. Really. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that never goes away. I loved it when she came in. She said, Dr. Jones. They went, yes. And it was, that was just one of my favorites. Those are, those are fantastic. Well, let me encourage you this. Write down at least one more of these. Cinderella Man. It's not on this list. But just about a dad with his kids. If you have not seen that movie, it is phenomenal. And I'm probably going to play a clip from that at some point during the series. because I, And I usually do it at a couple's events going, ladies, if you want to know what it means to speak into your husband, let me show you what that looks like. And uh, I love showing that clip. But let me encourage you to do this. Um, if you have a son, even if they're an adult son, this is a great conversation to have. What are five of your favorite movies of all time? And I had no idea. I just kind of sat down and listed out my top 20 favorite movies, and I just keep it on my phone. And it's a great conversation to have with anybody because you're going to find some that are the same, and some you're like, "What is really, that's one of your favorite? It tells a lot about a person, just their top 10. But here's what's really cool. My sons have now said, oh, Dad, I've got my top 20 list. And I'm like, really? What's on your list? And they'll tell me a movie I've never heard of, and I'm like, I'm going to go watch that and check into that. And even as we get older, to, to say, hey, what is yours? And it's going to tell a lot, and it's a great conversation piece um, with sons and with dads. And, of course, if you've if you got little ones like four years old, son, godfather, we're going to watch that together. You know, that probably not the time for that. But, <laughs> but, uh, but to just, just show them kind of the insights. Like, dude, you got to watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with your sons if you have them when they get to that 9, 10 years old range or whatever. That's just, that's awesome. So that's a, that's a great. So next week, um, I want you to come back. If you have a chance, we're going to start out uh, talking about the two stories that are, are there. I would encourage you to at least read one of them. And then um, be thinking about that. That's going to be one of the, the opening questions. What's one of your favorite movies of all time and why? And uh, if it's a relational piece, great. If it's just you love it, that's great. Because I want us to have that time together in here. So uh, with that, without further ado, let me wrap us up in a word of prayer. Feel free to linger, and uh, we'll go from there. Can't wait to see you guys next week. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time where we can just sharpen each other. I love that verse that Brett brought up at the beginning. Lord, just that sharpness as iron sharpens iron. And Lord, as we do uh, embrace and look at these areas of why we are how we are, I pray that as only you can, you would heal where we need healing. And you would challenge us where we need challenging. And you would validate us where we're, we're on the right track. Because, Father, your desire is that we become the men you made us to be. And you meant to do that in community like this. So, Father, I thank you for this time and this great place that we get to meet. And uh, until next week, Father, walk with us and grow us and encourage us and challenge us. And we just love you. In Christ's name, amen. Guys, thanks for being out this week. This was awesome.